It's time for the Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dennis Stuckey and Brady Beaton. All right, welcome aboard. Uh, it's uh, time for a, another edition of the show. We're kind of winding down this portion of the uh, the season, uh, Brady, because uh, we're, we're down to just three teams. Right, so little housekeeping this week. Uh, obviously, you're listening to this. If you're listening to it the day it came out, is a Tuesday. We will have a show Thursday, and then we will not have a Friday night show because Almont's the only team that plays on Friday. We will be back Monday, and we will be into Monday, Wednesday, Friday because if a team makes the semifinals, they have to be played on Saturdays. Yes. So this is the last Tuesday, Thursday uh, week until next football season. Okay. Well, I mean, it is what it is. Um, also, uh, too, it helps me on Friday night not to have a show because it's a quick turnaround the next day. Yes. Well, especially for what you're doing, uh, possibly doing this week. So, um, Well, uh, we'll get more into that as we go along. But we're going to start out, well, with some housekeeping because there was a Saturday game, and we'll talk about uh, that. Then we'll look at the three games that we do have uh, this week. Uh, and get a little more in depth in, in that, and then I think uh, we'll have some some fun. Brady always has has things that annoy me later on in the program, asking me tough questions uh, about things that I think are, this year especially are really hard to answer. But we'll go after it anyways. Every piece of land has a story written by those who work it, like the Nelsons, who cruise around their ranch on a John Deere Gator XUV835R. With 3,000 acres, there's plenty of work to do. It's all about efficiency. That's how they've kept their ranch going for five generations. We wouldn't be in ranching without the Gator. Run with us on a Gator XUV835R and start telling your story. Contact one of Tri-County Equipment's locations in Auburn Hills, Badax, Birch Run, Burton, Carroll, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. Brady Bean here again to tell you about TP Logos. TP Logos has everything you could want when it comes to local high school apparel. Head to their store at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville and check out their brand new extended showroom. Their already impressive selection has now doubled. I guarantee if you go into TP Logos, you will find something you love for your local team. If they don't have what you like, they'll custom make something just for you. That's TP Logos at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville. Fransic Water Conditioning, your authorized independent Connecticut dealer, wants you to get the ball rolling to better living through better water. It's good to know you have someone in your corner with a full line of whole house and at-the-sink filtering systems. Call 800-848-5150 to schedule your free in-home water analysis and plumbing audit. The best quality water is within reach with Fransic Water Conditioning and Connecticut. Call us at 800 848 5150. Clean by Bachelor has been faithfully serving the Blue Water area for over 25 years. Whether you are commercial or residential, if you need carpet cleaning, stain removal, upholstered furniture, drapery, or air duct cleaning, call Clean by Bachelor at 810-982-7044 and talk to Mike about their aerated foam process that allows carpet and furniture to dry quickly. From pet stains to odor removal to water damage cleaning and restoration, there's only one call you need to make. Clean by Bachelor, 810-982-7044. 44 Duraclean by Bachelor. Finding that missing shin guard, remembering whether it's a home or away game, getting the right kid to the right playing field on the right day. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with auto owners, insurance doesn't have to be one of them. We work with independent agents who keep insurance simple so you can worry about more important things, like not being that fan. Oh, come on, ref. That's simple human sense. For all your real estate and insurance needs, please go to our website at SheridanAgency.com. Dine out with the feel of being at home when you visit the Hogtown Tavern in Melvin. Come for the food and stay for the family atmosphere. Try all of Chef Susie's world-famous homemade soups and sauces. Open Tuesday through Sunday at 8 a.m. for breakfast, lunch, or dinner. The Hogtown Tavern in Melvin also does carry-out. Call 810-378-5565. Whether you want a great steak or their delicious fettuccine Alfredo, they have a menu for all tastes with daily specials. So come to the place where no one is a stranger, the Hogtown Tavern in Melvin. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. 
your kids, your schools, your sports. All right. Welcome back, Dennis and uh, Brady, and let's get to, to it. Uh, only one game on Saturday. Deckerville went down to Portland St. Patrick and got a uh, very nice 34-32 win. They've had two barn burners so far in the uh, the postseason. I said this on, on the TV show earlier today when we were recording. If they get to the finals, I don't care what happens there. They deserve a trophy because they are running the gauntlet of death through the playoffs. They had to play Morris in the first round and beat them with 22 seconds to go, 46 to 40. They had to go down to St. Pat, and you've got the numbers on how good Portland St. Patrick is. Yeah. And they went down there and got a 34-32 They're routinely a semifinalist, and they've lost three state championships in like the last six years or something like that. And, and now they're going to go to Adrian and play uh, Adrian Lenaway Christian, who are also uh, uh, just a Who's powerhouse a team. Yeah. Yeah. And then if you get through that, actually Powers North Central lost. Yes. They, so, they lost to uh, Lake Lakeland and Hubble. Or so whatever they call don't themselves. Don't you love these names of teams? Well, I mean, it's Once you get to a bunch sport. of communities that you oh, I punch know. them all together to but get a team together. That's a really nice win for Deckerville. I, I'd say that's almost to the level of Almont's win, if you want a comparison. Like, Portland St. Patrick is a really good team that they had to go down there and win, and they really were leading the whole way. They just held them off at the end. You know, and, and Deckerville was kind of they ended up being the third best team in the stars. Brown they City was third, yeah. Yeah, Brown City was number 1 and Kingston was number 2 and now maybe Kingston is claiming they're number 1 after knocking off Brown City in the rematch uh and they're still playing football, but I I mean it, you, they had uh, kind of two tough losses there, but against everybody else they just they steamrolled the weaker competition, um, and uh, and now here in the playoffs, I, I, they've beaten two really good programs. And I'm going to say, you know, they're probably the underdog to Lenaway Christian, are. but I I don't think Lenaway it's Christian's as lopsided good. as as people think. Lenaway Christian has lost three games since 2020, and they all came last year. Like Lenaway Christian's a power. Kingston gave them really their only fight this year, and uh, Lenaway Christian won 48-28. So that's been their closest game. Deckerville is an underdog here, but Deckerville's getting big wins. But I think this could be a buzzsaw they're running into. Well, we'll see, we'll see what happens. I, I got, I just, I have a good feeling about Deckerville. I'm not saying they're going to win. I'm just, I got a good feeling about Deckerville, and and I bet. Uh, that they go down there and, and they make a good showing for themselves, and I bet they have a chance to win. Yeah, I can, I can see that, but that's, that's a really nice win for Deckerville, and that leaves us with three teams. Deckerville, Ubley, Almont. And Deckerville and Ubley are both playing Saturday, an yes. hour apart. Well, yes. not an hour apart, but an hour apart. Y- yes, kickoffs <laughs> are an hour apart. The the games are hundreds of miles apart. <laughs> yes, uh, Adrian up, and Ubley are very yeah. very far from each other. But in the next in this next round, whether it's eight man for Deckerville or the eleven man, Deckerville's the only underdog. Like I know Ithaca is eleven and zero or whatever they are. Listen, Ithaca's eleven and zero is way different than Ubley's. 11 and 0. Like their only wins that I care about are the new Lothrop one from last week, which which granted is a very nice win or Lutheran Seminary, who was good this year but finished 6 and 4. And wasn't this great team? Yeah. Well, I mean I don't know what what else to say about Ubley. Their average margin of victory this year is 37 points. Their average margin of victory. They have scored 508 points this season. Yeah. And only given up 104. Yep. Which both are behind last year's pace. Their lowest point total for any game this year is 34. 
And that was a good Marlette team. So they are scoring on a bad night, on a on their worst night, five touchdowns. And on their worst night defensively, they give up three. And that's, and that's only once. happened once. And they won that game by 36. Surprisingly, they only have two shutouts this year. They're good for one. Well, you know, the the – Okay, so they they beat Memphis for one of those. That that doesn't surprise anybody. The other was against Lakers, and I know in the end, Lakers didn't have a great season, but they still made the playoffs. Mm -hmm. And in week two, we didn't know they were going to not be those great 9-0, Lakers teams. I mean, Ubley's just, what else is there to say? I mean, I think, I really think Ithaca's going to get put in a blender. And I don't want to do Thursday's show now. But just looking at who Ithaca's had to play, and if you didn't dive in deep, you'd go, ooh. You know, they, they ran through the regular season. They've had to get some gutty wins in the playoffs. I mean, Fowler was 8-1, and, one, uh, and and then they beat a new Lothrop team that was 9-1 going into that game, whose only loss was to a good Chesney team. And Ithaca's ready to go. They're going to go to Ubley, and I'm just telling you, Ithaca fans – don't get your hopes up. You know, they closed the, the regular season, the last three games, at Sandusky, at Cass City, at Montrose, and they outscored those three teams 122-31. to 31. Yeah. They went 5-0 and on the road this year. And their, yeah. their other road wins were at Marlette and at Clarkston Everest, and they won those two games 84-25 to 25 combined. They went to Everest and scored 50 points in week one. What do you want me to say? Ubley's uh, uh, really good. And we are looking, <laughs> like, just looking at how the bracket's set up. Listen, is Iron Mountain a good team? Yeah. Are they a good team last year? Oh, yeah. And they got body slammed by Ubley. Beale City is the other team in the opposite regional final that could meet up. And... Beale City's a good team this year. Their only loss is to Harbor Beach. But Ubley is just dismantling everyone they play. Yeah, uh, Ubley put 91 points up on Beach in two games this year. Yeah. It just... and, and Beach Beach gave up 168. 91 of it was to one team. Listen, I, I'm very bullish on what Ubley's going to do, and I'm very bullish on what Almont's going to do because – uh, the disrespect train for Edison has left the building, and it is, it's on full force. I mean, again, we'll, we'll talk about it more Thursday, but let's just look real quick at who Edison has played because it ain't anybody I care about. All right, just in the playoffs, they beat Old Redford and E-Course to get to the regional. Hey, whatever. In the regular season, their big wins are Whitmore Lake, Detroit Southeastern, who actually won a district title, but it was another bad district. Um, Detroit Leadership, uh, Summit Academy. They, they they lost to Notre Dame Prep 51 to nothing. They lost to Collegiate 44-16. Actually, real quick, I showed you this before the show. Side tangent, since we don't have a ton to talk about. Yeah, go ahead. The, the Detroit Southeastern beat Ann Arbor Gabriel Richard for a district title and it would have been one of the most heartbreaking ways to lose and one of the most roller coaster ways to win southeastern was down 22 20 they were trying what like a 35 yard field goal gets blocked the like holder or the the kicker picks it up and just goes tosses it to the holder and he runs 30 yards down the sideline for the touchdown yeah and and the thing about it is that uh the the Gabriel Richard kids thought that the the block had ended the game. Well, like they they like three of them started celebrating. There was a they few were running the, towards the sidelines. There was a few. I'll give credit in the back that were like, guys, we got to go tackle him. But everyone from Southeastern figured it out. And yeah, I've never seen a game end on a blocked field goal picked up and scored by the kicking team. Yeah, it's well, it's weird. You know, you know who did that? He's an MLA City grad. Oh yeah, Chester the, Marco. Yes, well, go look <laughs> did that it for up. Green Bay, and then uh, don't look up anything about everything else around that game because <laughs> we can't talk about that. 
<laughs> but yes, he did that against the Bears. What yes. like the '80s or something? Yeah, early '80s, and uh, and yeah, he went to uh, Emily City. Emily City actually has had some pretty famous football players. Yeah, like if you look at their Hall of Fame, they have a fair amount of like pro athletes that have gone through there. Yep, they've had like what two different NFL players. Uh, Dave Kirkus, yep. Chester Markle, and I thought maybe there was a third. I just remember when I found that out, it was more than you would think. Yes. Yeah, you're not thinking MLA City and NFL football. Yes, but I they might have the most out of anyone in the area with like two or three. Yeah. So uh, really impressive. Yeah, And, of course, but, the best female athlete I've ever seen doing yeah. anything was Millie Martinez. But anyway, I just saw that Edison beat Southeastern and then – that Southeastern win over Ann Arbor, Gabriel Richard was ridiculous. Like, what do you even say to the kids after the game? Just good job. Let's do it next week. <laughs> or if you're on the Gabriel Richard side, don't play play till the whistle. <laughs> like, I would just have that clip on a, on a loop in the locker room the whole time. You block the kick. You did that. Now, just fall on it. Just tack. Just make sure the play's dead. And nope. 26-22 final. I don't know how much time was left when that happened, but still. A bit ridiculous, isn't it? Well, n- num- number one, like, when did field goals become a thing? Like, all of a sudden, field goals are everywhere on us. So now I'm looking. Now I'm down a rabbit hole. <laughs> Flat Rock is playing Southeastern in a regional final. And I don't know a ton about Flat Rock. They're eight and three, and they've beat at least a couple teams I've heard of. Uh, they played a good game with Riverview, so that's a decent team. But is Flat Rock and Detroit Southeastern like the worst regional final I've you'll see? And it's in D five too. Uh, I mean, I don't know. They're both eight and three. Yeah, and then the winner. Of that one gets uh, Corona. Corona, and Corona will be if Corona beats Corona can book their Ford Field trip right now. They be, they won their semifinal. They beat uh, Notre Dame Prep. They're not losing to Lutheran North. It ain't happening a third time. And wow, bold statement from from a guy that is like you 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 radiate Mustang power. Yeah. <laughs> well, remember what happened to Hamady when they went to their regional final? Yeah, uh, I know. Which so is it? Is it really that bad of a thing that uh, that Marine City and Armada are spared? I mean, you want to, you will still want to go there and be in the arena, but I, phew, yeah, I just, I'm just looking at what Corona has in front of them. If I'm a Corona fan, if I'm a parent, if I'm a fan i'm booking my hotel now because there's no way they don't make it well who's who's the best on the other side is it frankenmuth is it kingsford probably grand rapids catholic central you think so but and and they're on the road though at uh, west catholic well you want to talk about a rivalry that is just hate and vile at least uh, it looks that way from the outside grand rapids west west catholic and catholic central are one of those but anyway how do we get on this tangent no we just do so, all right, since we're on it, there was one <laughs> other thing I saw, and I have no idea why it's this way. So Iron Mountain plays Beale City. That's the other side of the Ubley uh, re- region. And look, we went full circle. Mm-hmm. They're playing the game Friday at 6 o'clock in Beale City. Why? Why not? You're just gonna, do they not have school Friday? They might not. Or they got a half day, or they're letting the – if in Iron Mountain, they're probably letting the kids out to play. Well, yeah, they could probably take game. three buses they're, in the whole yeah, town. They're, they're probably going to. Yeah, it's probably like the, they just declared a, a holiday for the <laughs> the city and Beale I mean, City and, field trip and, day. And as Upper Peninsula cities go, Iron Mountain is actually one of the bigger ones. Yeah, it's probably what behind Marquette and Sault Ste. Marie and St. Ignace and Houghton. So I mean, you know, if they want to take the day off. They they have my permission. I just I think it's funny that Ithaca and Ubley are like an hour and a half drive, maybe two hours away. They play Saturday, but Iron Mountain to Beale City is probably seven hours, and it's on Friday. Hey, yeah, you know some coaches are just like that though, because I remember for a long, long time, 
if there was the choice of playing Friday night or Saturday, Marine City was playing Friday night because that's when high school football is played. Right. And I know Walt Braun felt the same way, too, at Marysville. It's Friday night is when you play high school football. You play college on Saturday. They play pros on Sunday. All right. So I think we've had enough rambling. We've set everything up. Dennis, you're going to be at the Almont game Friday night. And are you making the trip Saturday? Uh, yes. Uh, we're going to go to uh, um, Adrian Lenaway Christian, if I can find it. It, uh, <laughs> it, look, it looks like it has a uh, a press box. So and uh, and we'll uh, do the uh, the Deckerville game. Um, Ubley's going to get a lot of coverage from the folks up there. Like I, I know the radio station in Bad Axe sends fifteen people to the game. <laughs> Their broadcast crew—it's it, ridiculous. Um, and. They legitimately have like five people for us. Yeah, it, it's so, and probably Thumbtail Gator's going to have a, yeah. a crew there. I'm sure they're going to follow Deckerville too. They might do all three games, right? Because um, they had the the crew at Almont Friday mm-hmm. last Friday. So I'll be at Almont Friday, and uh, we'll we'll follow Deckerville on Saturday. Plus two, if they do win that game, the next game is the state championship in eight man um, up at the Superior Dome. And, yeah, and I don't. I, I wouldn't want to just jump on board without doing a Deckerville. Well, game then first. we'd have a conundrum because uh, I have a friend that's scheduled a fall wedding, lives out of state too, so that doesn't help, and I'm in it, so I won't be here for the semifinal weekend. Well, then you're fired. Let's just send Joe to the UP. <laughs> Poor Joe. <laughs> He'd get up there, and they wouldn't have rosters. Yeah, the Superior <laughs> Dome's just on fire. The duct tape dome. Uh, anyway, so uh, I think that's enough fooling around. So I was talking with Dennis, and since Callie's not around, we don't have the Blue Water Sports Media thing we did last year. But I figured we could talk out, just not give out winners, but just talk through live on air things like player of the year, offensive player, defensive player of the year, uh, coach, team of the year, things like that. And just have a real-time discussion and think through it with a microphone in front of us. Okay. We'll try. We'll try our best. Uh, And we'll do that next. Since 1894, Ameriprise Financial has worked for their clients' futures, helping millions of Americans retire on their terms. Work with Ameriprise Financial Advisor Dave Betts, and together you'll develop a customized plan for your retirement. Discover the one-to-one relationship you deserve. Call Dave Betts today at 810-987-5370. Office is located at 527 Huron Avenue, Port Huron, Michigan. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Mattress King has been locally owned and operated for over 40 years. With locations in Port Huron, Richmond, Lapeer, Chesterfield, and Hall Road, they are the best one-stop shop for your sleeping and mattress needs. Mattress King carries all the top brands such as Serta, Stearns & Foster, Sealy, iComfort, and Tempur-Pedic. Not only do they have the best prices and best service in the area backed by hundreds of five-star reviews, they also offer interest-free financing and no-credit check programs for those with less than stellar credit. Once you get your mattress, they offer free local delivery on all purchases $6.99 and up. When you think sleep, think Mattress King. Preferred Seamless Gutters in Imlay City has been family-owned and operated since 1997. In-house employees, when you call Preferred, you get Preferred. At Preferred, they manufacture all components, making them the warehouse. This ensures prompt installation from Preferred's well-trained and courteous staff, serving St. Clair, Sanilac, Genesee, and northern Macomb counties. Give Melissa a call and she'll be happy to schedule a quote. No high-pressure sales, just great service from Preferred Seamless Gutters in Imlay City. Call 800-964-6613 today. Are you getting out of a lease or ready to trade in your vehicle? Stop by Jepson Car Company and we'll be here to assist you. We are constantly buying out lease vehicles and almost always putting money into your pocket. No matter what you owe, we can help. If you don't see your perfect vehicle in our lot, we will help you find it. Our purchasing team has decades of experience to help find the vehicle that is best for you. Call Jepson today at 810-662-3048 or stop by at 5277 Gratiot Avenue in St. Clair. 
This is Amari Haller. I play quarterback at Port Huron High School. As a high school student, I get to experience an education with the most athletic, extracurricular, and academic opportunities in the region here at Port Huron Schools. The district provides personalized success for all students because each Port Huron Schools journey is unique and special. I know I am supported by my teachers and everyone in the district, both in the classroom and on the field. I know they care about my well-being each and every day. Port Huron Schools has prepared me for anything I choose to do with my future. Please go to www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools. I'm Jordan Rohde, one of the new owners of Four Sports. I'm extremely proud to be a part of the community and to help those in it. We'll beat the big box stores in service, quality, and price. For sports equipment, uniforms, varsity jackets, corporal apparel, awards, engravings, and more, making us your team's one-stop shop. Come into the same location we've always been at, 3950 Pine Grove Avenue. Come in the side door until our brand new retail space is open. So swing on by and check us out at the brand new Four Sports. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, my my answer is uh, everybody on Ubley. <laughs> well, that's I was going to say, let's start with the easy one, because <laughs> if we were going to do awards, I don't, for us, so we cover the thumb and we didn't with the other stuff, but we cover the thumb. Our team of the year, I think it would, no doubt, well, we did regular season. It would probably be ugly, but you, if you wanted to have a discussion, maybe Brown City because they went 9-0 and in the regular season. Well, I, I mean, and we, Al, Almont too. Right. Um, be, because you can't deny what they're doing isn't great, and their one loss Again, these was what, to a really good team. Usually when we do these, it's conditions. regular season awards. So yeah. take out any postseason bias of, well, this team lost right away, or this team's making a run. This is this would be regular season stuff. The, the, the bottom line is, is there's one team that has zero losses, and it's ugly, and we're kind of looking going – Who's going to beat them? Yeah. I mean, it's just what Almont's done is incredible. Ubley has just bashed in the skulls of every team they've played. And here's the other thing like, Almont's had to pull a couple of games out. There has been nothing that Ubley has, has, has had to do this year that they even sweated about. And they're, they had what? Two teams that, well, on their schedule, they had um, Everest, who's still playing. They had Harbor Beach, who they just beat. I think Mon- is Montrose still playing? I think they are. They're in D six, right? Um, I don't Montrose know. Montrose or they're D seven. I, I know Montrose made the playoffs. I know Laker made the playoffs. Uh, Montrose is still playing. Sandusky made the playoffs. Marlette made the playoffs. I mean, Laker they, made the playoffs. They did not have a Cass City made the playoffs and won their <laughs> league. The, the the only two teams on the, their schedule that didn't make the playoffs were Memphis. And who am I missing? Uh, Bad Axe. Yeah. And at the start of the year, Bad Axe was coming off like three of its best seasons in a long time. So I think Ubley would have been the team of the year. And were there other teams that maybe in other years could have won it? Absolutely. Mainly Almont. Um, but it's it would have been Ubley. I mean, that that would be the easy one. Now, the discussion is going to get a little tougher. Uh, It's kind of related to team of the year would be coach of the year. And this is where it gets tougher because now you have to weigh expectations versus results where, hey, we knew Ubley was going to kick ass and take names. They kicked ass and took names. Now, that doesn't disqualify you from being coach of the year, but it throws a wrinkle in it. So I would think... For me, and there are a lot of people that I could throw out there. I think mm-hmm. Derek Meyer did a great job with Marysville. They kind of snuck up on us and well, went 8-3. and three. We, we both said before the year we thought they could have a really nice season. Yeah, well, I mean, we looked at them, but I, I wasn't expecting them to, you know, I wasn't really sure what I was expecting. I just thought they're better this right, year well, than they were last yes. year. Point, They're going to make the playoffs. My point being, we didn't yeah. expect them going, uh-oh, going to be a long year for Marysville, and then they turn around and do that. But, uh, again, and, and we 
we don't get a lot of information, but if you go back and listen to the early shows, we're like, oh, I don't know what's going on in Elmont. I don't know what kind of team. Mm. Oh, Elmont graduated a bunch of guys. I, I don't. I think there's going to be some. There has to be some natural fall off, right? At at Elmont, and I, I think Lusby's coach of the year. I think he would be up there. I that's who the first name I thought of because yeah, it was an unknown, and there were it. I was probably thinking if I had to have quantified it at the beginning of the year, I probably would have put Elmont at like six and three. Maybe if I was really down on them that day, five and four, and been like, yeah, there'll be a team that makes the playoffs. Like they're Elmont. They're not going to be bad, but they're not going to be this behemoth and shows what I knew. They just came out and kicked ass. Um, so I think Lusby would be a really good one uh, to put in there. I don't, think there would be this guy would win it and I know the record didn't end up looking the prettiest but I do think Dan Killian at Mooney did a really nice job it's hard to take over when maybe your school's best player of all time leaves and you're they throw you to the wolves say here's a tough schedule the only thing is it didn't win one of the big ones and that would be the biggest knock but Dennis, me and you both think Mooney is moving in the right direction, yeah. and he did a really nice job yeah, this year. They, they could have very easily taken a step back this year, and they didn't do that. And always in the discussion, I mean, Darren Letson should be thrown in. I mean, 8-1 and one again, won another MAC title. Uh, after week one, they lost, and I'm going, uh-oh. How many games is this Marine City team going to lose? And then they just rattled off eight straight wins in the regular season. I'm going to throw uh, Dan Perkins in the mix, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know that. I think the Marysville loss. The Marysville loss kind of, yeah. But prior to that, had the they won- played really well. Right. Had he won that game, um, I think he would have been in there for sure. One other name I want to throw out, and again, we, we already mentioned this team once, but I thought uh, Aaron Cooper at Brown City, he lost a lot. They lost a ton. Dennis, none of us would have picked them to go 9-0 and this year. And they bounced back with a better season than their inaugural one, and that's tough to do. I would think he would have to get some attention. Um, and, and these guys wouldn't win coach of the year, but I'm going to applaud uh, Matska at mm. Algonac because after a year off, they came back. I'm going to tell you that 99% of the people, the only people outside of Algonac who thought they could win a couple of games this year, I'm uh, everybody thought they were going to go 0-9. Right, and they won two games in – Again, the BUAC's not a league to find your footing in. It's tough. But, yes, he deserves a pat on the back because anytime you revive a dead program that that and you win two games your first year, your two non-league games, that did a nice job. And, again, we each saw them play a couple times. They just are – you could tell they're in the infancy of a rebound. And they lost their quarterback in the first game of the season. Yeah. That affected a lot of what they were trying to get done. And I, I don't know. I didn't look. I don't know who's coaching at Dryden, but they had six years off, and they won a couple of games. <laughs> yes. Um, This one, again, the results weren't there, but I'd say this is similar when I threw Killian in. Um, Again, I don't think would win it. There's other people that are more deserving. But I think Coach Sakura at North Branch, after losing – anybody who touched the ball last year. I know they ended up four and five, but you look at basically all the losses outside of Cross Lex, man, they feel like Mooney where they were a coin flip away from winning a couple big games. Yeah, uh, it, it was close there. Um, like you lo- like you lost to Almont in the final two minutes. You lost to Armada in the final two minutes. I don't know how that Holly game ended, but you lose by a point. And all their wins outside of um, Yale were two-score victories. 
Yeah, and but the the Yale game, they went in there after Yale had gotten their biggest win in a couple of years mm-hmm. um, over uh, Armada and and put up thirty four points in that game and got completely shut down. Uh, what it was like fourteen to six. Yep. So yeah, that that was so again not I don't think would win, but I would say in that same category as Dan Killian, where hey, Coach Zakora took over a program that. The cupboard was maybe thought to be a little bare, and I I would not want to play North Branch next year. They were young this year. Yeah, I definitely think that they're they're going to be good. It's actually going to be a very interesting year in the BWAC next yes. year. I think it's yeah. Well, I mean, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Um, but I I do agree. This one is always tough because. As broadcasters, you don't pay attention to defense as much, and you can't watch it like a coach does or like a fan. So defensive player of the year is always tough, especially because, one, stats aren't out there for everyone, so you can't go, oh, this is the sack leader. This is yeah. – and a lot of our defenses didn't have one dominant player. It was uh, – collaborative effort that there was solid players everywhere like for Almont they have a few really really good defensive players and they kind of took their turn defensively Um, Port Huron Northern has good defensive players like there's probably two or three names you could bring up you know uh, and and I'm going to uh, Bennett is one of them Mm -hmm. Hack is one of them and you know who else had a really good year Daniel Moore yeah Uh, said his name a lot on tackles and plays in the games uh, that I did, um, Lavalley at Marysville, and again Marysville's kind of, but he's kind of the glue there, right? And with PH, um, Myuri up front, but behind him, Gavin Troy, Gavin when, Troy. He, when he was in there, made a difference. They, they, there Amari some, did too yes, in the secondary. There were some really nice players all around. Um, How in North Branch, Giovanni Travis is a name that we barely talk about, but he is a he's a dude out there, and I think he's going to be a name we talk about come basketball season. Yeah. I think he was on the team last year. Um, I remember him. He he makes a difference um, up in Croswell. Again, another just team effort. There's not just one disruptor that you look at and go, "Oh, he's the he's the yeah. dude." But uh, you know, Joey Ramsey's name's come to mind. Uh, Herman on that side of the ball mm. is, is really good for them. Um, they they've got a, a few others. Day. Uh, again, in the secondary, Espinosa's just he's just an athlete, right? Um, and I don't think it's any more exemplified, or even at um, St. Clair. Um, I'm blanking on the name. Pennywell. Pennywell. Did a really nice – because St. Clair's defense was pretty good for even in the losses. Pennywell was a really nice player for St. Clair. Marine City has a whole list of guys that it felt like they just were in the system and Coach Front put them in the right spots, and they'd make plays. Yeah. I don't know that Rufino had as many tackles as he did when he splashed on last year. But, but he was a, super a steady. Just super steady. Yeah. He's I, like they know they didn't have a walker at linebacker that just made every single tackle that was within 10 yards of him. But they just had a lot of good football players that made plays. And again, it's harder to tell defensively when we have to follow the ball. And so much with defense can be stuff that doesn't necessarily mean tackles. I mean, hell, if you're a good DB, you might only get the ball thrown your way 20 times a season. That is true. And if you're in the BWAC, it might be like eight times and all in the same game. Right. <laughs> or like a D lineman. Okay, someone eats up two, three blocks, so the linebacker makes 20 tackles that game. But guess what? You were eating up two, three blocks, and you're the reason why the linebackers are running free. So defense is a hard one to try to do just from what we watched. And But there was a lot of candidates, and without looking at the raw numbers, it would be hard to tell. Yeah. I would I I would go with that and uh, and there there were some games with some big like tackle numbers but but that's the thing we'd get the odd game somebody would do something and the coach would send us hey this guy did this but uh, yeah not getting it on the consistent basis it's kind of hard to look at um, we do get offensive numbers a little more regularly but even there 
I don't know who who I would pick as my offensive player of the year, because, but I got a lot of candidates. Yeah, because when you get to, like, overall player of the year, we have a lot of good two-way players. And some of the names are going to be the names we said um, already. Um, God, offensive player of the year. I mean, start up in Croswell, Gavin Espinosa and Belly Grappi are a one-two punch. Yep. And then at PH, Amari Holler, Gavin Troy, one-two punch. Carter Sacucci was electric after well, he, he got hurt in game one, and I don't know if he played like game two or he may, if he did come back. And then it seemed like from the after the, the third point of the season on, he was two touchdowns and 150 yards a game. And Scheffler right next to him was getting 100 yards and a couple of touchdowns every game too. Um, the, they were great one-two punch. That, it, it seemed like everywhere it was kind of a combo this year, I mean, in Elmont, pick your poison. Who, who do you like there? Because well, I like see, everybody. But Tanny's the one that steps stands out to me because when Elmont has the chips in the middle of the table and they have a gotta have it play, it's usually going to thirty two. Like they they know not to overuse him because when they need the death blow, that's when you get Batani on some sort of action, on a pass, on a reverse, on a normal handoff. He's the one they go to, but they had a lot of nice players out there. Yeah, uh, just for like the first four games of the season, it was somebody different every game. It was Stewart in week one. It was Winkler in week two. It was, you know, Furkeron in week three. It was Fuller in week four. It was Batani in week five. It was, Mm -hmm. you know, Davdowski in week six. Well, I, um, they, they've got the receiver out there that I really like. That if Walton. he played anywhere where they threw the ball, Walton. Yeah, Walton. Which he made a great We'd catch. We'd be talking against, about him all the time. A great catch against Warren Collegiate, but he just couldn't keep his feet in bounds on a fourth down. I thought he did. It was on the far side. Um, you saw some big performances on Saturday. Yeah, I, I mean, like Zepp is a guy that had some huge games. Zepp, Spezia, uh, Avery Broll, I, I thought they used him really s- smartly. He's a guy, he might only get it five, six times, and he's got like 80 yards and a couple of touchdowns at the end of the game. Um, I saw Spezia get some monster games uh, running the uh, football. He had a five, he had a game this year where he had five touchdowns. One of them was a pick six because he had three interceptions in the game. So he rushed for 200 and something yards and uh, four touchdowns on offense. And on defense, he had three picks, including a pick six. Which might be one of the best performances we've ever uh, seen. I don't, I don't know that I've ever seen anybody dominate a game like he did that Saturday. Okay, I'm going to throw about three names in that I don't think had the overall body of work week one through nine, but all seemingly when they – Played well, their team won. With Yale, when Jakubiak was slinging it around and playing well, his team had success and usually won the game. So when they shut him down is when they lost. But when he was on, did pretty well. I mean, you saw him throw in the Almont game. Like When he was there, it was going well. But Nettie for Richmond, kind of in the same boat. When he was cooking, pretty good job. And... When you had the Benetti to Benetti connection, that's when Richmond was successful. And uh, actually, uh, four names for Armada. Jackson Mulberg was not supposed to be the starting running back this year. And then he took the job after uh, Dykes missed the first game and change. And they said, all right, we're just going to run with Mulberg. And then he's getting all these accolades at the end of the season. Yeah. Well, what, he had like 1,200 yards this year. It was something ridiculous. And then the last name I want to throw out for North Branch was Kevin Gorman. He's fast. He is fast. <laughs> He's fast. And the scary thing is, is that a good number of the names I mentioned are coming back. And then that's, I mean, basically everyone that had a lot of success this year. But, yeah, God, the... The offensive player of the year is a tough one. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm I'm gonna see and and you can't even do that because it's lately it's been Marer. Yes. Um. Before that, it was Caden Peruski mm. be, or or Camden or whatever his name is. Uh, Peruski number uh, six, and then Evan Peruski 
the first couple of weeks was scoring all all the touchdowns. So it kind of went in stages. Like they had different guys that dominated for three weeks at a time, yeah, and Marrers in his stretch of they dominating. They were beat up a little bit, so they had guys miss time at certain points. Uh, let me pull up Almont's uh, totals. Um, because none of the numbers jump out, like for the season. Chase Patani only touched the ball 105 times through 11 games, but he has 944 yards and 14 touchdowns. Think about that. He's averaging nine yards a carry and like 1.3 touchdowns a game on 105. That's like a touchdown every seven touches or eight touches. Yep. It's ridiculous. And when they need to feed him, they can feed him the ball. But he has just been steady, steady, steady. And receiving-wise, Matani's brought in another two. So he has 16 touchdowns on a grand total of 111 touches. That's not bad. That's pretty damn good. (laughs) Now... Again, if you want to look at the numbers, a guy like Gavin Troy is probably one that if they wanted to have him have gaudy numbers and try to run up the stats and get him all state and yeah, yeah against against Sterling Heights, could they have ran it up? Against Frazier, against Lance Cruz. <laughs> they didn't mean to. No, I know. I know. Could you imagine let's just say he gets twenty five carries in that game. He was ten touchdowns. He might have been able to rush for five hundred yards. Like and that's why sometimes, especially at the high school level, the the numbers are tough because PH could have ran it up on teams and had their guys get better numbers, but they were saving it for the playoffs and then wanted to make sure their guys had tread on the tires at the end of the year. And I'm sure the same is true for Almont. I mean, hell, look at the uh, the Clintondale game in the playoffs. They went and pulled the shoot and made sure they were getting home to safety. Uh, like Elmont, Ubley, Marine City, the teams that are consistently good every year, uh, again, they've just got a bunch of really good players. Maybe they have superstars, but because they have a bunch of really good players, right. they don't overuse anybody, and so it doesn't stick out well, like when you go to the- other teams that are just forced to use a guy all the time. When you go to the state record page, you'll notice a pattern, especially in football, like with rushing yards, passing yards. It's either a D1 guy that played in a tough game almost every week. So they're playing at a Cast Tech, a De La Salle, uh, a Mac Red, an OAA Red, something like that, where they're going to have a tough competition every single week. So they're never going to have laughers where they're out by the second quarter. Or they're playing for a school that has. 20 kids on the team and there's no backup so they go well put your backup in we don't have a backup so they get all the touches anyway yeah like that's and then you get those situations where a kid gets 40 carries right that's why sometimes an eight man you'll see that because they have 12 kids on the team yeah and there isn't anybody to give the ball to other than this one person so that's why it's sometimes hard when you get to these middling levels especially when you're going to have a 30-year season's probably gimme wins where it gets tough too. But, yeah, the the Offensive Player of the Year, I don't even know where I'd go with without having all the numbers in front of me. And even then, there's probably half a dozen kids you could make an argument for, if not more. Uh, and and you, know we're, you know we're missing somebody. Like right off the rip, I would say if I had to do a finalist, it would probably be Gavin and Belly up in Croswell. Amari and Gavin Troy at PH. Batani would be in there. And Sukuchi. Sukuchi, uh, yeah. That's prob- I'd like to see Scheffler's final numbers, too. He had good numbers, but and then maybe one more. I, I don't know, Zep, but those would probably be I'd the probably short. Spisa probably Spisa, had the Spisa, most Spisa, yards Spisa, at Mooney. Sorry. Weird names with S, P, and Zs in it. <laughs> um, Spisia, yes. So if I said Zep earlier, I meant Spisia. Um but, yeah, those are the guys that would be probably on the, the finalists, I guess, without looking deep into any numbers. For sure. For and sure. Then, and, and, again, there, there's probably one or two more that 
we should have mentioned and when somebody says, well, what about so-and-so? You go, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, because we didn't say anyone from Ubley. Yeah. We didn't say anyone from Brown City. We didn't say anyone from Deckerville. Like, I'm sure if you looked at Dylan Ball's numbers, they're ridiculous. Yeah. And Garza, especially early in the year, they were throwing the ball a lot. Like, it's, yeah, it's it's dumb. But um, let's take a break, and we come back, we'll figure out who we'd want on a short list for player of the year because that gets even harder because we had a lot of two-way studs this year. Yeah. Brady Beaton here again to tell you about TP Logos. TP Logos has everything you could want when it comes to local high school apparel. Head to their store at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville and check out their brand new extended showroom. Their already impressive selection has now doubled. I guarantee if you go into TP Logos, you will find something you love for your local team. If they don't have what you like, they'll custom make something just for you. That's TP Logos at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville. Fransic Water Conditioning, your authorized independent Connecticut dealer, wants you to get the ball rolling to better living through better water. It's good to know you have someone in your corner with a full line of whole house and at-the-sink filtering systems. Call 800-848-5150 to schedule your free in-home water analysis and plumbing audit. The best quality water is within reach with Fransic Water Conditioning and Connecticut. Call us at 800 848 5150. Overhead Door Company of St. Clair County has been serving the community for over 30 years. Located at 5400 Lapeer Road in Kimball, overhead doors are the premier choice for durability, serviceability, and hassle-free performance for commercial and industrial doors. Overhead Doors boasts a complete selection of performance and safety-tested commercial and industrial upward-acting doors and manufacture a wide array of styles to meet your needs. Overhead Door Company of St. Clair County, 5400 Lapeer Road in Kimball, call 810-987-2185. This is McKenna Kitely from Port Huron Northern at Port Huron Schools. As a high school student, I get to experience an education with the most athletic, extracurricular, and academic opportunities in the region here at Port Huron Schools. The district provides personalized success for all students because each Port Huron Schools journey is unique and special. I know that I am supported by my teachers and everyone in the district, both in the classroom and on the court. I also know that they care about my well-being each and every day. Port Huron Schools has prepared me for anything I choose to do with my future. Please go to www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools. Hello, this is Tim Sheridan, owner of Sheridan Real Estate and Insurance in Lexington, a family tradition that started back in 1925 with Grandpa Sheridan. Promoting trust, care, and excellence, Sheridan is dedicated to understanding and taking care of all your needs. Respected throughout the community and dedicated, Sheridan is a proud supporter of local activities like high school athletics. For all your real estate and insurance needs, please go to our website at SheridanAgency.com. I'm Jordan Rohde, one of the new owners of Four Sports. I'm extremely proud to be a part of the community and to help those in it. We'll beat the big box stores in service, quality, and price. For sports equipment, uniforms, varsity jackets, corporal apparel, awards, engravings, and more, making us your team's one-stop shop. Come into the same location we've always been at, 3950 Pine Grove Avenue. Come in the side door until our brand new retail space is open. So swing on by and check us out at the brand new Four Sports. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. And you're back with uh, Dennis and uh, Brady. All right, so so who was it? Who so, was the best player in the area this player year? Player of the year. And I like using that verbiage more than most valuable player because then you can get into the semantics of, well, this guy, if he was off the team, they'd do worse. And it's like, no, it's just who was the best football player this year? And I think, Dennis, you can add names in. But I think that I had three names come to my mind immediately. Gavin Espinoza, because he played both sides of the ball when he needed to and was very strong. Gavin Troy, because he did that really, really well. And Chase Batani, because, again, both sides of the ball was is all around the ball. Now, a few other names that I'd bring up. This, this one is almost impossible to quantify, but I do think Noah Mayuri would be in the discussion because you're playing O-line and D-line. You don't get stats for O-line. 
but he was, he's a road grader out there, and you notice him. And I think you could throw Amari Holler in there as well um, because those were the big three of PH. But Gavin was the one that stood out the most to me in the limited time I saw. Um, both Gavin Espinosa and Gavin Troy and then Chase Batani were the three that were like, these were the first names that I thought of. Yeah, like I, I'd like to know what Espinosa's rushing and passing stuff was. But also his pass defenses, how many interceptions did he have? And again, it goes back to what we said last segment. If they're not throwing your way, you're doing your job. Yeah. So So because yeah, he 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 really like the games that I saw for Crosslex, he was by far and away the best player on the field in the Richmond game, and he mm -hmm. was by far and away the guy that turned the Armada game around. Um and I I just just based on those two games, I just thought he was sensational. Right. Um, Gavin Troy, every time I watch Gavin Troy this season, he just – it's so obvious what a good player he is. And it he's another example that if Port Huron was in Macomb County and not St. Clair County, he'd have – I think would have a lot more offers. Or if he was, if he was a player in 2013 instead of 2023 – he would have a lot more offers if there wasn't a transfer portal that you had to worry about. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, the, those two guys, the, the two Gavins really jump out at me, but you're, you're right about Batani. Mm -hmm. uh, and, 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 again, there, there's a reason Almont is 10-1, and, and one, and it probably circulates more around the team, but you're right, when it's crunch time, who, who do they look to? Right. You know, who, who who's the guy amongst all the good guys that they have. So I'm going to throw out – I'm just going to throw out a couple names that are probably – would be an honorable mention. Um, this guy played both sides of the ball, too. He missed a little time at the beginning. But you notice when Zach Dykes is out on the field. Yes. Yes, he's very noticeable. <laughs> like, whether he's a, a tailback, a fullback, a linebacck, wherever he is – you go, oh, there, yeah, that's Zach Dykes, and yeah. you notice him. Yeah, he's he's a big dude, and uh, and he hits hard both ways. Like when yes. he's running, he's running downhill, and when he's playing linebacker, he's running downhill. Now, <laughs> I'm for I'm trying to think of like for Marine City, they didn't have like a superstar this year. They had some really nice players, but they they were as much of a team as I think you have. Like, because they had a few stars the last few years. Yeah. And they just were, it felt like the old adage, their their whole was greater than the sum of their parts. They may have had, like, the the guy from out, well, other, because Mal, Mal, Malberg would be on this list. The breakout star but, of the but, year. Yeah, the, the breakout guys, the Joneses, the Jacobs. The, yeah. The guys that, like, oh, who the hell are these guys, and why are they busting and, off 74-yard of like, runs? Yeah, they didn't play football until last year. They didn't play football until this year, and it's like, you sure? <laughs> you, 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 Jacobs, I think he had 19 yards rushing in the game against Lutheran North. But he had two fourth-quarter touchdowns and two two-point conversion runs. And it was when they got in tight and we have to score on this play, they gave him the ball. Right. And, and he scored easily. And uh, a name we haven't mentioned us yet, and shame on us, Parker Atkinson is a hell of a – well, now was a hell of a player for Marine City. Um, but, 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 again, he's, he's offensively, he's at a position – where it's it's hard to put up big numbers right. at Marine City. Yes. I mean, they, they don't not throw the ball, but they don't throw the – it's not the mainstay of their offense. And so he's not out there getting a 1,000-yard – if he played someplace where they s sling the ball around, he could get – a thousand yards, and that's and it, hard to do. It's harder to get a thousand yards receiving in high school football than it is to get thousand yard rushing. A million times harder. Yeah. Um, and again, there's people from Ubley we're not mentioning. There's people from Deckerville we're not mentioning. There's people from Brown City we're not mentioning. There's people from Harbor Beach we're not mentioning, just because we never saw any of them play live. Yeah. Well, I saw Harbor Beach play once. You did see that Harbor was Beach way one. back in week one. Right. But point being is, we know there's a lot of really talented football players up there. We just didn't really get to see them that much. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, going back to it, I mean, it would. I think it would be a close race between the first three I mentioned. Like, I think you could have a hundred people vote on it, 
And I don't think anyone gets more than 40 to 45 votes. Yeah. Because it, this year, it's just like, so, like, even if you're just going to go, okay, who's the best running back in the area? Again, I, I can give you six names right away. Well, my first you go, all right, well, it's Belly Grappi, but oh, well, Gavin Troy's a running back. Well, Carter Sarkucci was just a running back, and he was sensational. Well, Patani's on the, the list, and he was great. And yeah. Armada had a couple good running backs. Yeah, and, and, Malberg, and, then, Dykes. and then you have Maluski and um, uh, Muscat at Muscat. Marine City, and you're going, well, sh- oh, crap. Now yeah, I almost I'd, slipped. My I'd, crap. I'd, I'd probably my put, list is 10 people uh, well, deep I'd put now. Spezia's numbers up Spezia, against anybody. And then, all right, do you throw in Ubley's guys? Do you throw in Arbor Beach guys? And now your list is 15 people long, and you're trying to find out one name. Yeah. So and don't Shuffler don't, don't leave don't say. leave out Gorman either. Yeah, we're Gorman. Jeez, I'm already forgetting guys. <laughs> like, so, yeah, uh, or or who's the best quarterback? Is it Amari? Is it Gavin Espinoza? Uh, is it Patani? Is it Jacubia? I like. You mean, Patani's not quarterback. Or not Patani. Uh, David Alski. No. Uh, Benetti. Benetti. One yeah. B, two Bs, I on the end. Italian Bs. It work. It works for me. You know, um, is it Peruski? Right. <laughs> is it Osterlin? <laughs> yeah. Who do you want to give it to? I, do, I You're asking tough questions. And then I one know, that there's no way we could answer is like, questions. we had some really good linemen in the area. Uh, just, uh, and probably because I saw more than the other guys, I lean towards Myuri. But, but like, you're well, right. There are other like, guys that I. Matt Mish. Is a yeah. bulldozer up front. Eli Bickles all the way out in North Branch. He's going to be playing high level college football. I think he was visited Indiana this past yep. week, and but he's just and he's a sophomore, and he's the guy like Kazit Marysville. They walk out, and you go, oh, that's their good lineman because he's a head taller than everyone else. Yeah. Um. God, I know I'm missing missing guys. Oh, all I mean, the place, but like, has got guys. Um, Ramsey again as yep. a, as a lineman. Cross Lex, yep. Um, but yeah, I. What about Almont? I think, yeah. Um, Juday was a great offensive lineman. I mean, he's hurt now, but he was a he was a dude. He'd be on both sides, and you'd say his name. And he's another one of those guys that when he was in, hey, he might not make the tackle, but the center and the guard are going to double team him. And now, guess what? Yeah. The the Furquan brothers are just running around because they're all worried about one guy up front. So basically, what we're saying is there were a lot of good players this year. <laughs> yes, yes, but I do think even after all that, the first three names I mentioned. Espinoza, Troy, Batani would be the finalists, and yeah, I don't, I don't know who I'd pick. I think all three would be deserving. Um, I think and, all three would get votes, and I think you're splitting hairs. Yeah. So, and it's like the only thing that makes it tough, like when you do conference awards, hey, everyone played everyone, so it's apples to apples, but like. All right, well, some would go, well, the Mac Blue's tough. Well, yeah, maybe the top of the Mac Blue, but the bottom of the Mac Blue kind of sucks. And, and then you, you do these comparisons, and it's it's tough. Um, and, again, you, you go by the stats, and all three guys um, would, would would fall off, would sit out when they were blowing teams out in the second half. And it's – yeah. Yeah. It's basically it, it's really hard to do, but who do uh, you think kn- is the knuckleheads like us have to the do player it. of the year? Well, I'd I'd like to again have the numbers. I know who the mo- the two most electrifying players I watched this year were. Yes, and their their first names both start with Gavin. Right. <laughs> well, gee, I don't know. Amari Holler might have had the the play of the year. Uh, that 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 run uh, was just stupid. Uh, against King, he scrambled for his life, and it was one of the most incredible. Uh, it was like a 40-yard run, but he ran about 100 yards. And it was a run you'd think he did that against, like, Sterling Heights. And, no, it was Detroit King. Yeah, that that was a, a great run. But, I mean, just, like, certain guys, when they've got the ball in your hand, you're just waiting for them to explode downfield. You just feel like... Anytime Gavin Troy touches the ball, 
he's going to go flying through the line and he's just going to outrace everybody down the field for a score. You feel that way um, a lot when Belly Grappi gets the ball. You feel that way when Espinosa starts running around. You're just like, oh, look, he's going to scramble for 80 yards here. Mm -hmm. Um, And and there's a couple of guys in our area that are like that. In the games they scored, he was like that. Yeah, it's like, oh, you, you just feel like, if they give him the ball enough times, eventually he's going to break it off. Like uh, uh, there were a couple of times where I'm sitting here. It's it's the end of the third quarter, and Gavin Troy's got uh, 19 yards rushing, and then he finished the night with 140. Right. Also, we we mentioned like breakout player. Uh, I think Dom Benetti has to be straight up in that discussion because he was a freshman, freshman. Yeah, that was not just playing with the big boys, was putting up numbers against them. Yeah. But, but I think my pick there, that's, that's actually, for me, maybe the easiest one. that I got to go with Malberg on that. Yeah, he was sensational. I'm just saying that we didn't mention Don Bonetti, and yeah. I want to make sure we... we, we well, I, I didn't mention him because I know I'm going to be talking about him a lot the next three years. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, he's, he's going to be a go-to guy there for uh, a little while for Richmond. All right, what else you got? You got anything I else? I don't have anything else. You don't have GMs. So no. We can't do GM of the year. <laughs> Broadcaster of the year? Uh, Joe Cook. That's who I was giving it to. <laughs> Anybody who's got to come in and uh, and on, on his uh, first weekend, a team shows up without a roster, gets my vote. Right. Um, all right, so uh, we'll talk a little bit more about the uh, the three games this week uh, on uh, Thursday's podcast. And again, no Saturday show. Yep. From Port Huron to Marysville and St. Clair to Marine City, the Blue Water Area is Stuck on Sports.